Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here with a podcast, which is my thoughts on the agency model, specific to marketing for law firms, but also just kind of a thought about outsourcing things in general, if you really want to think about it. But anyway, uh, this isn't something that I discuss in depth a lot on the podcast, but uh, we do run a digital agency, which is called KCL. And despite that obvious bias, <laughs> we are actually really clear on where we do and do not add value with potential clients, prospects, that sort of thing. So I just kind of wanted to talk about where an agency can and cannot add value. And again, uh, one of the big presuppositions that we're going to have on this podcast is that uh, we're going to be assuming the agency model has good intent and good actors that are behind it, which is not always a given. So I want to start out with two reasons why you would not want to hire an agency. So basically, there is a Goldilocks zone for when hiring an agency makes sense. And there's kind of lower bounds and there's upper bounds as well. So if you can think about it, um, there's a lot of situations where you don't necessarily have the resources to hire an agency. And there's situations where you have so many resources that it would make more sense to have something in-house, right? So uh, one of the first examples, so if somebody ended up starting their solo practice two months ago and they jump on a call with us, we'd probably say, yeah, you know what, unless you know, you've know you got a rich uncle or just won the lottery recently or something like that, probably doesn't really make sense to um, be paying for marketing at this point in time. So in the ballpark, when we're, when we're talking about most agency services, to really get a decent managed service, and this could probably range from anything between paid traffic to content marketing to SEO to video production to you know pretty much you name it between what you're going to need to put into the team and what you're going to put into the spending I would probably ballpark it um, you're going to see most of those things come in somewhere in between I would say two thousand and ten thousand dollars per month so there's a zone where that makes sense but again if you don't really have a situation there's a lot of tricky situations where you'll see the numbers go under that two thousand dollar mark which is sometimes a red flag in my opinion because you have to kind of question how many resources they're really committing to it. So if it's something that's either going to not be getting attention or getting attention for people who aren't qualified or something like that, it's uh, a lot of the free lunches are not necessarily free lunches when you look into them. But with that being in mind, if you don't have $2,000 to commit to a channel, then you're pretty much not going to be able to hire an agency to do that. I actually wouldn't recommend somebody doing that as well because, and again, this is going to differ by practice area to by practice area. I wouldn't think anyone could do anything meaningfully on AdWords for less than $2,000 for sure. I would probably say five for that, that that practice area. But in general, if you have a situation where you're not going to have the resources to see something through, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure in a lot of ways. And you know, counter to speaking to my own interest as a person who owns an agency for somebody who doesn't really have the resources, I'd actually recommend doing something in-house or figuring out something that's not going to be as cost intensive, right? And it's not that anything is a poor investment. It's just that you have different things to invest at different stages of growing your law firm. And when you don't have money, oftentimes there is a possibility to have stuff that are that's going to be using your time instead of the cash in your bank and uh you know there's situations like networking and content creation and investing in really intense follow-up and that kind of stuff that actually might get you to the position where you can invest the money but yeah past that under i would say that two thousand dollars per month spend uh, i wouldn't really expect to have any meaningful output from that kind of thing now on the flip side 
we have the situation where if you're having too much money to spend, and I wouldn't say <laughs> too much money to spend, but if you have a lot of money to invest, it actually is not serving you to have an agency. So, uh, and then that's the other thing too. So like, if you think about just the, you know, the giants in this space, does Morgan and Morgan have an agency that's running their, their ads? No. As a matter of fact, they do their own ads and they actually do ads for other law firms as well, if I'm not mistaken. Another guy who I respect a lot in the space, Seth Price, similar situation. He got to the point where he could afford getting a really good team built for his own things and he ended up starting his own agency as a result. But the thing here is that basically there's a threshold at which the amount of resources that you're going to have, it's going to make sense to have somebody that's going to go in-house. And I kind of kind of get into the benefits of where this does and doesn't make sense at some point, but there's this kind of interesting switching point as well. And I'm going to kind of go into this probably later on in the podcast, but it's usually not at the point where you're thinking about one salary. It's usually going to be making more sense when you're thinking about multiple salaries. And I'll kind of close with that towards the end. But anyway, so those are kind of things too. So, so when you're having the situation where you have somewhere between two and $10,000 to spend, that's probably where it makes sense to hire an agency as opposed to going in-house or as opposed to doing it on your own. So let's kind of go into the benefits of what you get when you're working with an agency. And what are the good reasons for going into this? So the first one I'm going to mention, and this is kind of specific to paid traffic, is leverage on spend. So uh, we've actually had a couple episodes that kind of go over the model that we use on platforms like Facebook, but this is kind of a general thing to think about, even with stuff that isn't necessarily paid traffic. So uh, just kind of using the example that we have for uh, estate planning attorneys, for example, we're running right now, I believe close to 50 estate planning accounts in different parts of the country. So our collective spend with that is $30,000, $40,000 a month. When we plug somebody into our estate planning ads, they have the benefit of all the learning, all the spend, all the big data that's going into that entire forty thousand dollars to spend instead of the actual component that they have, which is, you know, for most cases, you know, six hundred to twelve hundred dollars per month. The big difference here is that if you're doing it yourself, even if you have absolutely top flight talent, you're not going to have that big data. So that's one of the, the advantages that you have with agencies. And again, that's the example of Facebook, but you can also think about there's not really similar benefits to that for something like Google AdWords, but at the same time, they have the benefit of manually taking that data and seeing where things are working in different parts of the country, split testing, that kind of stuff too. So basically they're able to get something honed down in theory. And again, this could even be for content marketing, for SEO, you name it, basically having those resources allows you to get a more refined process um, at the end of the day. So that's that's where the first benefit is leverage on the spend and time or human hours to actually get an outcome. The second thing is specific process. So one of the things with marketing, and again, it's like, it's like any other process in your business, there's always a learning curve. And on top of that, there's kind of a maintenance because, and I'll kind of get into this later, but um, things end up changing over time. So with an agency that's being run properly, you're able to get a specific process that is going to get outcomes that you wouldn't be able to get on your own. Now, this is something that takes a lot of investment and that's really where the leverage on spend kind of comes back. But basically when you're doing that investment and working that backwards in the time, when you have the bandwidth and the resources, not only to get results on what you're doing for clients, but also to look at where things could have gone more smoothly to regularly review those kind of things. And again, this isn't, this is something that uh, sounds really straightforward, but it's usually the first thing to go when resources are constrained, but really being able to build in a specific process. And that ultimately builds to having predictable results. So the difference essentially is between having something that you're figuring out on your own for the first time. And hint, hint, this is for people that have undifferentiated agencies. I think a lot of the times people don't realize that an agency is figuring out something 
on your dime for the first time. But with agencies that are run the right way, and this is you know kind of my big opinion, as I think a lot of agencies should try to be as vertical as possible, is that you're going to have the process that you know whatever we've knocked over a bankruptcy count seventy different campaigns this this year, so you know adding to seventy one isn't going to be any different. We have the process. We know not only how it's going to work if with Plan A, but we know what Plan B, C, D, E, F, et cetera, are going to be because we've done this a lot of times before. So the second benefit to working with an agency would be having a specific process they're able to buy into. And the third thing I would want to say is, and this is kind of a corollary to the last point, is time to results. So there's a couple of different ways to talk uh, to think about this. And the one that I always like to frame is, is kind of opportunity cost. So let's say, say hypothetically, you have a situation where your $5,000 investment is going to have a you know, modest but realistic return of $15,000. That's a three to one. That's pretty achievable on a lot of different channels with a not too long of a timeline, hopefully. So that's a pretty realistic outcome and not one that's going to take too much time, hopefully. So basically, if we're taking the three to three to one return, your five thousand turns into fifteen thousand dollars. That's ten thousand dollars net that you're making if you can get that on month one. But the reality is, it's sometimes tough to break even, let alone make a profit. So if it takes you six months instead of one month to figure it out, then on some level, you you know a lot of people don't account for this, but those six months kind of cost you $50,000 because that's $10,000 you could have made on month one that took you until month uh, six to get, right? So there's actually a very real cost in taking the time to get these. And this is actually something that we, we talk about a lot with people who have in-house marketing people, which are fantastic to work with sometimes. I mean, I, I got off a call with a client the other day. I said, I have literally no doubt that if you guys wanted to take the time to figure this out, you could. The question is, do you want to take you know three years or three months to get to the point where we're at right now? So basically, there's a huge opportunity cost. And I think when people have the resources, it absolutely makes sense to make the investment. Again, this is obviously super dry numbers, you know, just we're talking about input, output and that kind of thing. But it's it's actually more real than you think when you want to have the accounting. So there's a huge cost to not only the bandwidth that's going into figuring out something for the first time, but also the actual money that you would be booking from closed clients until you get to the point where it's performing like you theoretically could with a little bit of help. All right. So that's the third point is the time to results and especially try to think about the opportunity cost of getting something up and running yourself. The fourth thing that I'm going to say is talking about higher value activities. So going all the way back to the classics, Adam Smith, uh, Wealth of Nations, <laughs> if anyone's an econ geek over there, basically there's not a ton of value. If there's something that you're inefficient at, it makes sense to focus on what you are efficient on and delegating out or in the you know the terms of Wealth of Nations, uh, trading out for things that other people are more efficient for. So the other thing is that the reason why agencies can allow to have access to maybe a larger team, maybe better outcomes as far as the spend they're having is because they're able to spread the cost of that inventory across a lot of, across a lot of different people. So you as an attorney, does it make sense to hire all those people or figure it out on your own or to build all those skill sets? Or are you most served on uh, working with high level clients or working with partners or working with your CPA or financial advisor that can introduce you to a lot of high net worth clients. If uh, And this kind of gets into a giant rabbit hole, which is probably worth an entire podcast on its own, but there's activities that you can do on a given day that are going to yield a uh, higher activity, right? And in theory, like I said, when you max out marketing, it's a very high level activity, but it's, you know, what do you really want to invest in time to get there? At the end of the day, most of the people listening to this are going to be attorneys 
or if they are marketing professionals, a lot of the times they're focusing on higher level stuff like brand or partnerships or that kind of thing. That's stuff that you can't delegate out. So if you can figure ways to delegate out other stuff, that's worth it in a lot of instances. And the last thing I'm going to close on is just domain expertise. So every once in a while, people will kind of think about this. And again, it's a very common way to think about things just based on most people that are going into law having to bill hours at some point. So sometimes they'll say, well, we got this many hours, we got this much capacity, we got blah, 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 blah. So why does it make sense to do this? And if they're looking at kind of the cost accounting, there's a lot of the times it's going to look like a bad idea. But I'll also say this, when it comes to domain expertise, you're not paying for the hours, you're really paying to keep up with things. So I'll go ahead and, and kind of translate this. And this is something that I, you know, I've, I've mentioned on the podcast several times before. I think niching is super important. And if you think about your own practice, it would probably take, you know, let's pick practice area that's not in your domain expertise. So, you know, if somebody came to you with a matter for, I don't know, maritime law. <laughs> and to date, I don't think we have any people who practice maritime law that have at least reached out to me that listen to the podcast. So if somebody had some crazy maritime law, which, you know, I don't know, maybe you um, crashed into a merchant marine ship or something like that, and you had to figure out what the consequences of that are. Technically, it would take you the same. It might well, it might actually take you longer. But if somebody wanted to build 10 hours of your time for expertise in maritime law or 10 hours of time for somebody who focuses exclusively on maritime law, um, obviously, those 10 hours are going to go a lot farther. But in addition to that, you might actually get a much completely different product, right? And in many things, if you if you go into a case that you don't know how to handle or you're drafting a will that you don't know how it's going to get executed, the outcomes might not be figured out for a very, very long time. And, you know, it's going to be binary yes or no. Right. So it's like, you know, you could end up losing the case by taking the one that's not really in your area of expertise. In the, care, in the case of marketing, you could end up blowing the entire budget or wasting a bunch of time that you could have been spending doing it something else or having incurring extreme opportunity costs for something that was a known quantity instead of risking it on your own. Right. But you're, and the reason why you're probably not going to be the best person to talk to about admiralty laws, because that's not what you keep up on most likely. So the person who's keeping up with admiralty law, you're not paying for the 10 hours that they're billing. You're paying for the, you know, 140 and change that they're spending. You're, you're paying for the time that they spend in the shower thinking about admiralty law, right? You can't specialize on, and more, I mean, this is, this is actually a really great metaphor that I picked up from um, the Tropical MBA podcast, which I'm, a big fan of, uh, which I'm a big fan of, which is you can't think about more than one thing in the shower, right? <laughs> so there's only, there's only one thing that's, that's keeping people up in time. And then if that's not what you're keeping up on, you're going to miss the developments. You're not going to be in the groups figuring out what the new thing is. You're not going to be testing new things in your, your spare time. You're not going to be thinking about this in those in-between moments. So ultimately, there's a lot more dimension to the hours than just kind of thinking about it from a cut and dry thing. So that is the fifth and final benefit that I wanted to talk about as far as the benefits of the agency. And I also kind of wanted to have one last note. So there's this kind of intermediate space, and this ends up being a first hire for a lot of people. So basically, that this would be a lot of people will have a marketing generalist, or whether that's not the the specific time that's that ends up kind of by necessity being the first money that you have to put into hiring if you're going to be insourcing. And I would actually encourage on the same level, um, we have some fantastic relationships with marketing generalists that we work with with clients. It doesn't exclude you from working with an agency. But in the same ways that I do kind of want to just connect it back to those higher value activities, big, big companies end up doing this. It's not just for law firms too. Um, we have situations where somebody ends up being the marketing hire for a big e-commerce brand, for example, and then their job is actually manage managing the agency itself. So until you get to the point where you're like a you know a Seth Price or, or a Morgan & Morgan and you have the entire team on 
on on house, you shouldn't be expecting that marketing generalist to switch tasks all the time because it's going to be the same thing as if you were switching practice areas all the time. You're not going to be consolidating those things. So that's kind of the last note to leave people on. But um, yeah, that is basically it. My uh, thoughts on the agency model as a whole. I don't think it is for everyone, but there are some benefits if you're in that Goldilocks zone. And if you want to take the right step, um, just know what you're going into. So um, that's it for me. And uh, we'll be on another episode next week at Tuesday, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.